0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining and Merry Christmas. Before we dive in, I want to make sure we cover two announcements. Number one, next year, 2023, we will be walking through a new Bible reading plan entitled From Genesis to Jesus, which means we will be reading through the Old Testament historical narrative books. Those are the ones that move the story forward. So we're skipping things like Leviticus. And along the way, we'll tackle a little bit of prophecy and some New Testament as we discover how the Bible is all one story from cover to cover. And don't worry, it's the same thing as this year, one to two chapters a day, Monday through Friday, leaving you the weekends to catch up if you fall behind. And announcement number two, if you have not heard, we've got new and improved guided journals in 2023 full color, thicker pages, additional resources, and more space to write. You can get your copy on Sunday at Watermark or on Amazon, and we'll put the links in the description, but I want you to know that on Amazon, we're also offering a black and white version. So if the price is an obstacle for you and you can't come talk to us on a Sunday, we've got a black and white, more affordable version on Amazon in addition to the color. Those are the announcements. All right, Revelation 6, what in the world is going on, and what could this possibly have to do with Christmas? Let me set it up for us. Nancy Guthrie, a commentator, she puts it like this. Through the record of John's vision, recorded in chapters 4 and 5, we saw Jesus as the Lamb who was slain, standing in the heavenly throne room and taking the scroll with seven seals from the right hand of the Father as he's the only one worthy to unseal it. And as we move into chapters 6 through 8, Guthrie writes, John describes what he saw in his vision as Jesus begins to open each of the seven seals. You'll remember that we said that the scroll contains God's sovereign plan for human history. Particularly, the scroll contains his plans for judgment and salvation. Now, that's what Guthrie has concluded. Others may have differing views. But that's a a great one. The scroll reveals how the Lamb's victory is to become effective in establishing God's rule over the world. We're going to see that the opening of each seal reveals something about what we can expect as history unfolds as we await the new creation. Revelation 6 and 7 tell us what to expect, Guthrie concludes. Now, in an episode this short, I just can't unpack the potential symbolism behind the colors of the four horses or the rider's names. But if you're interested, Mark Hitchcock has a book called 101 Answers to Questions about the Book of Revelation. I've never read it, but it comes highly recommended. In general, Revelation 6 depicts the opening of the seals, and each opening teaches us something about life on this earth in the end times. And there are a plethora of differing views surrounding some of the nuances of these passages, but here are some conclusions we can easily draw. To start off, as the people on earth await Christ's return, they can expect wars, times of economic recession or hardship, diseases, death, and injustice. In verse 2, The white horse is most commonly believed to be a reference to the Antichrist, i.e., the man of lawlessness and son of destruction. That's from 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4. The man doomed to destruction. Let me read it. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshiped so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. That's the Antichrist. Then there's verse 4. And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another, and he was given a great sword. Why was it red? Well, people were killing each other. Red like blood. Ever since sin entered the picture, people have been killing each other. It traces back to Cain and Abel. Those on earth are to expect death as they await Christ's return and should also expect economic recession, injustices, and inequality. Look at verse 6. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and wine. What's that mean? Well, simply put, this passage is very likely speaking of inflation. The prices for wheat good food for people and barley cheap food for cattle for animals are inflated at least 8 times from what they would normally be so a day's wage is basically just enough to buy half of what's needed for one day which is a sign of famine and products like oil and wine that are typically enjoyed by rich people can't be purchased resources are scarce and resources aren't equally available this famine doesn't affect everybody equally There are rich people who seem to still have plenty, but the poor aren't making it. Now, what's interesting is where these hardships come from. They come, surprisingly, at the bidding of Jesus himself. One commentator says, Not only are war, civil unrest, economic hardship, inequity, and disease and death summoned and sent from the throne room, Notice that the conqueror is given a crown, the rider of the red horse is given a sword, and death is given authority over a fourth of the earth. Given by whom? Given by the lamb who is seated on the throne. How do we begin to wrap our minds around that? Well, we've got to remember that the lamb isn't sending judgment on just anybody. He is specifically sending judgment against or on those who dwell on the earth, the earth dwellers, which is a descriptive phrase used in Revelation to indicate the opponents of God. He's sending these judgments on the opponents of God. So what does that mean for us right now? Well, even now, we can be sure that our world that has rejected the rule of God is currently experiencing his judgment. Paul put it this way in Romans. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. That's Romans 1.18. What's happening today is only a shadow or a preview of what's to come in the end times. The same commentator puts it like this. We're living in a world that is under the judgment of God for rebelling against him. The evils of war and unrest, economic desperation, are not uncontrolled or unguided. They are overseen and limited by the Lamb. And while these hardships serve the purposes of judgment against those who have set themselves against the Lamb, they are intended to have a sanctifying purpose among all who belong to the Lamb. When the living creatures call these horses and riders to come, they're being called for the purpose of judgment on those who are destined for judgment, the earth dwellers. However, even in the midst of judgment, those who have not cast their fate with the Antichrist, those who haven't taken the mark of the beast, if they haven't made that decision, they still have the opportunity to turn to Christ— And I'd point you to Revelation 11 verse 13 for further study on this opportunity. And what's neat or really encouraging is that even in the midst of all this craziness and depravity, saints living on the earth during the tribulation period can expect their prayers for justice to be heard. If we look at verses 10 and 11, we'll see that believers will cry out to God asking, how long? How long will the suffering on this earth go on? And the answer is simply a little longer. It's going to go on until all those who are going to be saved during the tribulation period are saved, which is also the answer to why God allows people to endure suffering today. See 2 Peter 3.9. He's waiting for others to turn to Him. But I bet for some of us listening, we, we can identify with this question. How long? Christmas might be a time when we ask God, How long? If you've lost loved ones, sometimes the holidays bring up grief. And we ask God, for how long will this be hard? Or how long until I'm with them as well? or Maybe how long until I'm with you as well? Maybe in your family, it's divorce or difficult in-laws. And you're asking the question, for how long will these holidays be burdensome? Or for how long will this conflict go on? When will all the fighting end? Maybe, maybe the holidays are a challenging time for you because your family isn't made up of believers. You're persecuted for your faith every year at Christmas. Will that hardship ever end? The reality is that regardless of each of our unique personal situations, ultimately, all of our personal inquiries can be summed up by asking the question, God, when are you coming back? When will this end? And his answer found in the book of revelation is simple soon but not yet he still has others he wants to bring to himself and in the meantime continue to persevere press on author nancy guthrie writes the content of this letter that john's audience received is not a promise that their suffering is going to decrease or disappear instead this letter is intended to gird them for the fight of faith that is going to define the rest of their lives And the same encouragement to persevere applies to us today. Press on. Keep going. Run the race. That's all we've got time for today. But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it. If you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.